Please join your hearts together with mine in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you have done for us through your Son, Jesus. As you protect us each day in ways that we see and ways that we don't see, we thank you for the weather and giving us a time and place to gather together around your word. We pray, Father, that you would lead us today by your Spirit. In your Son, Jesus' name, amen. There's a war going on, and it's been going on for a really long time. It's a war that has only really ever had two sides to it. It goes well beyond liberal or conservative. It goes well beyond really any kind of two-sided thing you can think of. It goes well beyond any sports team rivalries, well beyond anything that's ever gone on in any family, and well beyond any nation that's ever warred with one another. See, ever since, really, creation, there's been a war going. As soon as God created things, the creation itself wanted to be separate. That's what Satan did. As Satan saw the beauty of the creation that God had made, it being himself, you know, Satan himself and the angels, and and not wanting to be under the lordship of anybody else, he separated himself took part of the creation with him, the angels that followed him. And then, as God created everything that we see, as he created the earth and as he created the stars and everything that we see up in the sky and all the plants and the animals and the beauty of everything that we see around and you see the gorgeousness of this creation, then on that final day of the creation where God made man, A little more jealousy wrestled within Satan's heart. And he did everything that he could to separate creation once again from the Creator. Because you see, that's really all that he ever wants to do. Separate the creation from the Creator. And so with subtle words, he spoke to Adam and Eve. And with those very subtle words, he pointed them into themselves and said, You don't need him. You don't need his word. You'll be just fine on your own word. Take from the tree and eat, and you'll be fine with the knowledge of good and evil, for you surely won't die, as he says you will. You'll just be like him. You'll be a god unto yourself. You'll be able to make decisions for yourself. You'll be independent. You won't need anything from him. It's a lie. It's a lie as subtle as any lie that's ever been told, but it was in those words that you see the war going on. The war between the creation and the creator. The war that you really didn't even have a choice of what side you were on. See, because with Satan and the corruption of the creation, as soon as we're born, we're born under his leadership. We're born under the captain of lies. That's how fully the creation was corrupted. You don't get to stand in the middle and decide what side you want to be on. You don't get to stand in the middle and say, you know, I like the points of that side more than that side. I think I'll make a choice and go over on this side. No. You were born in sin. You were born in sin under the corruption of sin, and you had no choice. And as Satan worked throughout the years and throughout the ages and throughout the eons from the very beginning of the creation we see until this day, he continues to try to separate the creation from the Creator. Sometimes it's vocal and obvious, as it was with that man in the middle of the synagogue with Jesus. 
as Jesus had just called disciples and then had gone into the synagogue on the Sabbath, the gathering place within Capernaum, the place where God's holy word was read. This is church that he walks into. And as he's teaching with authority like no one else had taught before, because everybody else that taught before taught based on somebody else's interpretation, the scribes would read what the scribes before had thought, and they would look at what the Pharisees had thought, and they would follow this rabbinical thought or that rabbinical thought, and they would get in one camp or another and just basically teach what other people had had impressions or interpretations on. But Jesus didn't do that. He actually taught like he wrote the words. Because he did. As he taught from the Old Testament, as we call it, the very words of Scripture that had given the Jews identity that was their very existence of God's word in their life. The words that many of them knew from heart, at least the first five books of the Bible, most of them could recite from the beginning of the creation all the way through to Deuteronomy. Retelling Moses and the accounts of the Israelites before Sinai, all of that, retelling all of the times where they faltered and all the times where God had been present. As Jesus teaches those words, he's teaching them as one who actually knew what he was talking about. And in the midst of his teaching, they're amazed, and a man walks up with an unclean spirit and starts talking to Jesus. If you pay attention in Mark, it's really interesting to see who knows who Jesus is and who doesn't. Because there isn't a single human in the book of Mark that knows who Jesus truly is until the centurion at the cross. And up until that time, it's only the demons that call Jesus by who he really is. And you can imagine the voice coming out of that man, an unearthly voice as Satan continued to try and separate the creation from the creator. And he yells out in the middle of his teaching and he says, I know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. What do you have to do with us? You come to destroy us, Holy One of God? That's a term no human could know to call Him. And the demons knew who He was, and it wasn't the fact that they knew who He was and they fell down in repentance. They knew who He was and they were afraid. They were afraid because they knew He had power over them. They were afraid because they knew that they could not have a presence in His presence. You've heard me say it before, but the creation has nothing to do but react before its Creator. It's what you see in the miracles. It's what you see in every single moment that you see an unclean spirit or something that should not be in Jesus' presence. It has to go away. That's exactly what happened. See, Jesus would not have that spirit talk and let people find out who he is by the voice of a, a liar. They would find out who he is through his action. They would find out who he is in his resurrection. They would find out who he is as the Son of God as he showed in his body and in his life. The fact that he has power over death. The fact that he has power over the creation. The fact that he would be victorious and death could not hold him down. So when that unclean spirit spoke, Jesus silences him, quiets him, and says, You got to go. Get gone. And that demon had no choice but to do exactly that. And so it puts us in a place of wonder every now and then. How hard does Satan still work? Because we don't see stuff like that happening all the time. Our eyes don't see events like that happening. Our ears don't hear voices like what that guy's voice likely sounded like in the middle of that event. 
So we start to wonder, does Satan work on us in that way? And yeah, the lies are there. The battle rages on. Except you don't necessarily have to fight it. See, in your baptism, the exact same thing that happened to that guy in the synagogue happened to you. Though you were born in sin and under the corruption of that and under that captainhood, under that leadership of Satan in that little, tiny, innocent-looking baby of a body, when God's word was spoken over you, you were ripped away from Satan's leadership and placed right into the family of God. You are his child. You are adopted by the creator of the universe. You are carrying his name. And as Christ walked and lived and died and rose again, he did it for you so that you would be under Jesus' lordship, so that you would be under his guidance, under his spirit. And in your heart was placed the Holy Spirit to guide you each day and to give you a faith that believes in the promises of God that go into eternity with eternal life being yours as a free gift given to you by God's grace, given to you by God's mercy. And you didn't even have to do anything for it. So you still didn't really even have a choice on what side you were going to be on. Born in sin and then ripped out of that sin and placed into God's family in your baptism. By his hand, by his calling, by his work, through whoever brought you to those waters. Whether you were young or old, God worked by his spirit through the means of his people to bring you unto himself. And he continues to do that daily and bring you here to hear his word and raise you up daily and guide you by his spirit daily. And so though the battle rages on, we don't have to wonder who's going to win because Christ already did. He is victorious. He is the one that defeated Satan. He is the one that, you know, smashed his head as Satan bruised his heel at the cross. But Jesus lives. And he lives for you. He lives for you so that when those lies enter your ear, you have another word to listen to. He lives for you so that when things are overwhelming and they will be in life, absolutely. You can remember that Jesus lives and walks through those things with you. Doesn't just leave you to figure them out on your own or be independent from him, but no, he gives you everything you need every day for this day and into eternity so that you would remain part of his family, so that you would be in his care, so that you would carry his righteousness that he gives to you so freely. And so every time we continue to hear those lies and continue to see that work of Satan throughout our days, throughout the culture, throughout every other facet of life where we see him continually trying to rip away God's creation from God, we can fall down on our knees in praise and prayer before God and say, God, please do something about this. As you already did in Jesus, make your spirit active each day. Because remember one of the other names for God the Lord of hosts. It's not just that he's a really good, hospitable host. It's that the, he's a Lord of angel armies, hosts of angel armies that fight in the spiritual warfare, the things that we can't see, but every now and then feel and perceive a little bit. God continues to fight on your behalf so that you would be his, so that he would keep all the things that would be harmful to your eternity away from you and continually bring you unto himself. We don't sing a lot of old hymns, but every now and then we sing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. 
kind of like we did at the beginning of service where you didn't sing, but you listened. I'd like you to listen to the words of a mighty fortress is our God. And no, I'm not going to sing it. It's just easier for you to hear it that way if I don't distract you with singing. This will be what we end with, at least end the sermon with. A mighty fortress is our God, a sword and shield victorious. He breaks the cruel oppressor's rod and wins salvation glorious. The old satanic foe has sworn to work us woe. With craft and dreadful might, he arms himself to fight. On earth, he has no equal. No strength of ours can match his might. We would be lost, rejected. But now a champion comes to fight whom God himself elected. You ask who this may be? The Lord of hosts is he, Christ Jesus, mighty Lord, God's only son adored. He holds the field victorious. Though hordes of devils fill the land, all threatening to devour us, we tremble not, unmoved we stand. They cannot overpower us. Let the world's tyrant rage in battle will engage. His might is doomed to fail. God's judgment must prevail. One little word subdues him. God's word forever shall abide. No thanks to foes who fear it. For God himself fights by our side with weapons of the Spirit. Were they to take our house, goods, honor, child, or spouse, though life be wrenched away, they cannot win the day. The kingdom's ours forever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that for all that you have done for us in Jesus, all that you have done to win the battle against Satan, all that you continue to do to fight against him, and that Christ is victorious and remains victorious, there is no doubt in the end who wins. That battle has already been decided. We pray, Lord, that you would send your spirit amongst your people and give us courage to speak of the promises you give us in Christ, of life eternal, so that we would speak those same words and point more people to Jesus so that they would hear another word besides Satan's word, that they would not hear lies, but they would hear truth, truth that you as creator love your creation, that you have shown us that love through your son in his death and especially in his resurrection, and that the same life that you have given Jesus, you so freely give us so that in eternity we would be with you and in your presence, in the presence of your grace and in your mercy forever. In your son Jesus' name we praise and thank you. Amen.